This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm delighted to be joined by up-and-coming heavyweight prospect Johnny Fisher over Zoom. Johnny, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Andy. Just enjoying enjoying all my time training and, and, and learning off, off all the people I'm sparring and, and Mark and Steve Andrews. So I'm really enjoying my time just training as a professional boxer. We'll obviously kind of come on to that in a little while, but as we briefly touched on before starting this interview a big fight that's not that I know you was um, a hand in the preparation for with regards to Joe Joyce um, Joe with a 10th round stoppage victory against Daniel Dubois Johnny from your side and your perspective what was your thoughts on the fight? Oh, I was, well, as soon as I woke up today I was I was not anxious or nervous but just really excited for Joe to see to see what he can do and to show everyone what we've been working on and when I watched the fight, obviously you're nervous and you want Joe to do well all throughout it. But I watched it back and the double jabs that were landing just pinging so accurate. And I felt them, they're very heavy jabs. And for Joe, Joe just to execute the plan so well, I'm just really pleased for him. And he didn't look out of control of the fight the whole way through. And for one of the judges to have Daniel DeBras up by eight rounds seems, seems like a disgrace to me. Don't get me wrong, it was a, I thought it was close. I thought Joe was up by a couple. But I thought it was a close, evenly fought, fought fight. But Joe was, Joe was getting even more in control of it. And then in the 10th round, we saw what happened. What was the most impressive thing from your side with regards to Joe's performance, Johnny? Because we all, uh, for me, it was we all associated Joe with coming forward, being a juggernaut, being able to destroy people. But I think in this fight, he used it, showed why he's an Olympic finalist and, in my opinion, won the gold medal. He can box as well with an out, not not an amateur style, but he can stay on that outside and he can keep moving to the right hand side and he can and ping that double jab off with great accuracy and that's what people don't understand about Joe's jab. He, he reads his opponent and knows exactly when to throw it and it lands very heavy. Eighteen and a half stone man lands a jab on you. It's going to take his toll and that was the most impressive thing for me. He, he didn't just revert to his juggernaut style. He showed why he's such a class and decorated amateur boxer as well at the same time. Johnny, you've um, shared the ring with Joe Inspiring, as I say, especially in the build-up to this uh, bout. Did everything go to plan? What was the plan and what were you guys working on when you were sparring? For me, but I'm not savvy with completely with what the plan was. Steve and Ishmael Salas will relay that all to Joe and how, and what he, wants to, what's he, what he wanted to do. But I think the plan, getting away from the big right hand, Joe kept moving down to the side, on, onto the right-hand side and just... And, if I ever rushed in at him inspiring, because when I first started sparring Joe, I'd like to rush him a little bit and try and rush in and get my big one-twos off. And what Joe was doing, and what I realised as well, was as the weeks have gone on when I was sparring, he was just moving off and not engaging. And I think the way he, he sort of he, he, he stepped away and absorbed that power from Dubois, we've been working on in the gym with me, when I just try and rush him sometimes with a big one-two, it just takes all the sting out of it and it makes you look a bit stupid sometimes. So when we're sparring, that could happen as well. And then what that's done for me is I've learned that and now I've improved so much from sparring Joe. So I'm, I can only thank him so much because we, we're both learning off of each other, really. And it's brilliant for me to be in, in with the ring and learning off a guy like that. We've seen uh, some people over social media saying they felt Daniel Dubois quit. Your thoughts on that, Johnny? I don't know. And I don't like to badmouth people who get in the ring because anyone who gets in that ring, they deserve the highest praise ever because he's fighting putting everything on the line in a heavyweight bout. But for me, if I was in there and I felt something bad on my hand, I wouldn't I wouldn't take a knee and sit sit down and and, and wait for the count. I thought I thought Daniel was waiting 
five, five, six seconds to have a little break. He'd, he'd, he'd been frazzled or something. I thought, right, I'm going to recollect my thoughts, but I don't know why he uh, counted himself out. I'd rather go out on my shield and, and really go for it. But whatever whatever happens, Daniel can come back, I think. He's, he's only young. He's 23 years old. He's got it all ahead of him. But I just thought it was a bit strange how he went down and counted himself out. I wouldn't say he quit because I've never said anyone. I never want to put that on anyone, but it, it, it didn't look good. And then with Joe, what do you see as being the next step for him, Johnny? Immediately after I thought he called out Alexander Usyk, yep. I thought you'd be interested in seeing. Oh yeah, brilliant fight! I remember watching the uh, one in the WSB between him and Usyk, and that was a barnstorm of a fight. So I think if we can get something similar, and Joe's a different fighter now to what he was then. He's he's bigger, he's stronger, and he's got he's got that wealth of experience of them professional fights behind him. So Usyk's a great world class fighter. Joe can make a few different fights if the Joshua and uh, after Joshua Pulev, he could be he's up for the WBO belt. It'll be a mandatory now for, for that. So there's fights to be made all over the place. It's up to him. He can take the time. He's the man in the driving seat now. Johnny, moving back to yourself, talk to me about these past few months since we last spoke. How have you found kind of training as a professional? Oh, I'm, I'm loving it every second of it. I've been out in Fort Ventura with uh, Mark Tibbs and Billy Joe Saunders and all the other Tibbs boys, Steve, uh, Steve Andrews, James Orley, Arby and Charlie Duffield have all been out there training really hard. And now we're back in a routine a bit in, uh, in Raynham in Essex in the origin. And it's just great to, to live, live your life as a professional boxer. All you're doing is training, rec- recovering, eating and sleeping. And that's what that's the dream, isn't it? Don't have to get up for get up for work nine to five. You, you just got to give everything in that gym, and that's what I've been doing, and I'm loving every second of it. Johnny, have you got any indication as to when you will be out? Have you got some data or anything in mind? So um, I've got what it was. I was meant to be fighting either on the Billy Joe card or Anthony Joshua card. That was the plan, but my board meeting, my board of control meeting, is not until the seventh of December. So what that basically means is um, I can't fight. It's been a week period of having that that interview done so I'm going to miss both of them dates which is quite annoying but in the in the grand scheme of things I'm going to be fighting in uh, January so in a way if I look at it from a from a sort of uh, a sensible point of view it gives me more time it gives me probably more coverage on, on another show and um, just more time with Mark and, and learning with my, with my trainers and uh, I'm just looking forward to getting out there and now I've got a set date I know where I'm, I'm going to be getting out it's uh, it's looking good you mentioned your Billy Joe in the camp as well, Johnny. What's it been like to have somebody like Billy Joe to be in and around him? Oh, to be a world champion of his, his class is just brilliant to watch. Pick, even when he's, he's sparring and I'm warming up or he's on the bag, I just like to watch how he interacts with Mark and what, and what they do and his little movements and things. But he's a really, really nice, funny, funny man as well. Like he's always mischief happening in the camps and stuff like that. So he's a great man to have a camp with because you've got a two weight world champion world-class boxer, but you've also got a good, funny man who, who we get on with really well. What are we expecting, or what, what should we expect, rather, to see from his bout with Martin Murray on December the 4th? I just, I, when I'm watching him spar, he just looks super, super sharp, and his punch variety is, is fantastic, and you're going to see great footwork and uppercuts flying in. I've seen some vicious uppercuts in the James Hawley, been sparring in Charlie Duffield, and there's some really seriously good rounds in there. And it was a privilege to watch, really, because everyone done everyone done superbly well. But I can tell you, Billy Joe has been prepared excellently for this fight. He's peaking just at the right time. So, so I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. I think it's going to be a, 
I think it's going to be a stoppage win for Billy Joe. No disrespect to Martin Murray. I think he's a great world-class operator as well. He's, he's a good fighter. But um, I think Billy Joe's just a different level to most people out there in a minute. Right, Johnny, I'll leave up there now. I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. But I'll leave a final word to yourself for everybody who's going to tune in. What would you like to say to them? Thanks a lot, Eddie. Um, yeah, I'm really happy uh, with how my career's going and uh, well done to Joe Joyce. So it's, his, it's his weekend and all the hard work he's done, I'm going to dedicate it to him. He's, he's really done it. Sam Jones, SJM Boxing. What a weekend. Johnny, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. I'll stay in touch and I'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you for your time as always and thanks for speaking to Boxing Social. Thanks a lot, mate. I'll see you soon. Have a good day. Well, I don't know. I'm just, um, I'm happy I'm not knocked out or anything. So, um, I'll say I'll be better the next one. It's my mentality, but my trainers and my sparring partners kicked my ass so bad. And I'll never call a fighter a bum again. I took my youth for granted. And then this uh, actual event made me find out what I really was made out of because they really beat me to death. I was just happy to be in there with them and just go to eight rounds. That didn't mean nothing to me. The scorecards didn't mean nothing to me. The, um, the lack of fans didn't make anything of it. I was just happy to go to distance because I was used to doing it with the three-minute round. So I said, why not just go to distance? Everybody know I can knock somebody out if I did. I, used to, I think going to distance, is, that's real fighting, having the endurance and going to distance because you're not going to knock everybody out. I've learned that in my early experience. Hell yeah. He, he hit harder. Everything hurt. His hands hurt. His head hurts. Everything hurts when they make contact. So it's like, I'm like, wow. So it's, and, and, and it makes you so fatigued trying to deal with him, trying to cause on the inside. You got to keep his arms locked up. I learned that from watching Lennox Lewis and Holyfield fight. You got to lock his arms up or he'll hit you with them uppercuts. So I was trying to keep his arms locked up, and every time I let him go, what you think I'm going to let him go so he can kill me? Nah, bro. <laughs> it's not going to happen like this. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. Hello, people. How are we going? How are we, my people? Yo, how are we doing? 581 already, get up, yeah, we've got a lot of people joining in, just want to say people anyway, just want to, um, just want to put something out there, how we going Joe Laws, you good bro, how are you my man, points on knockout, I don't know my brother, I'm just, uh, I'm just in there to entertain, I'm an entertainer, hopefully I'm uh, performing and do what I think I can do. Just want to get on the subject of uh, last night's boxing. Daniel, Triple D and Joe Joyce. 
Now, can people stop talking about Triple D now? Like, he's a great fighter, and I believed, and I also said to Sam Jones, and I've said to people often, Daniel, uh, Daniel's team, if if it went, if it goes past the uh, the first half of the fight, that Joyce to win, if it was going to be the first half, it was going to be Daniel Duar. But look, let's give the man some respect. Give him some respect. He's won a silver medal for our country. His British Commonwealth and European soul, he stepped up to the mark. He stepped up to that mark and he took it. He took his chance. He went. He was against all the odds. He was against, you know, the rival promotion, really. You know, Frank wanted these man to win. Let's just give the man credit. Let's see who Joe Joyce is fighting next. Let's look forward to Joe Joyce's next big payday. Let's look forward to who 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 is he fighting? Now, I want to see him fight Usyk, uh, Derek Jazora, another one. That's a big fight, Del Boy Jazora. Um, but just give the man some credit. Look, Daniel Dewar can come again. He can come again. But last night I was very, I, I, I was not, sh- I was not shocked. But you know, you don't fighters go out. On that, you get in that ring. People know what it's like to walk and walk in that ring, and you know who fights and know what it takes to get inside them ropes. So I'm never going to criticise a man if he was seriously injured or whatever has he done. But you know, get carried out the ring, brother. Get carried out the ring. You know, it's 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 not all give knocking people unconscious and and then you your eye goes and and then you want to get out. You know, I've got all the time in the world for for Triple D and uh, he can come again, but it's going to take a long, 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 long road back from that. So my main concern is let's give Joe Joyce some credit. The man's Olympic silver medalist. The man's done everything. Look, let's face it. He's he's come through all the odds. He's done the job. So my personal opinion was... If it was from one to five, it was going to be Dewar to win. And after that, I thought, you know, Joyce has got that pedigree and he come through. They both got they both got took out to the middle of the sea and they both got chucked off that ship. And there was on, there was only one man who swam back, Joe Joyce. So fair play, Joe. Um, looking forward to your next fight. Well done to the team. Um, you know, take your hat off to him. Take your hat off to him. Daniel can come again. You know, Frank's very good at building fighters. Um, but I'm sure I know Frank very well. I, I, I like to class Frank as a friend. And I think somewhere there in his heart, he'd be a little bit disappointed. But Joe Joyce, my man, you are the man. You've done your job what you were supposed to do. So, anyway, I just had to get that off because people keep asking me. I've got a million messages about the fight, and I'm thinking, let's talk about Joe Joyce. I don't want to talk about what happened, what do I think. We all know what happened, we all watched it. So, anyway, that's about that. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt.
Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Umar, I'm at IFL TV, MTK Global. <coughs> you must be a very proud mother tonight. I must be indeed. I was just listening to what was reacting around me and all I could hear was people screaming on the other side, obviously for Daniel's team, telling him to do this, do that. And then my team behind me, or our team I should say, was shouting, but they weren't shouting loud enough. So of course I had to intervene because I thought, I sat here quietly all this time, it's my time now. So I started shouting what they were saying, like, go on, hit him with a jab, go on, good, just stick to the job, Joby, stick to the job, Joe, yeah. Well, he certainly didn't, know. he, he yeah, couldn't yeah. miss for the jab tonight. No, no. And I said, pepper him with that jab, yes, pounding like yam, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really exciting because I was told to be good as gold. Even Joby told me to be quiet and be good. Sam told me. Adam did tell me, so that's okay. <laughs> but the, the good thing was, Nadine, who came with us, who's Joby's girlfriend, she was shaking like a leaf all the way. Even Tom was a bit nervous. Sam was stiff as a board because he was so, you know, <gasps> what's going to happen? And Adam was so just cool as a cucumber. <laughs> And I was cool as a cucumber because I did all my prayers already, spoke to God already, and I thought, yes, God's got our back. And when I heard the news about Salas, I was upset. I was really upset. I was thinking, oh my God. But Salas is a God-fearing man, and he knows God will be in Joby's corner. And I said to Salas, you be there in spirit. Everyone's going to be there. You've got a good team, and everything's going to be fine. And it was. Well, Stephen and uh, Jimmy Tibbs did a brilliant job on the corner tonight. Absolutely. Brilliant team. And you know what? The, 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 you know when I knew Joby won and God listened to my prayers was the was was the um, what do you call it the co the conference, and he came in with all his white, and it was like watching a god walking across the floor. I could feel it from the TV screen. Everyone's like, oh, Joby's in the house. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Joyce is in the house, and I thought yeah. And then when the team today or last yesterday night. They were all in white in the corner, and me and Nadine was in our white, and Joby and Torren was with his white um, bib on his face, or whatever you call that thing, mask thing. And yeah, I thought, yeah, I'm rambling on now, sorry. How nervous were you before that fight? Because you know it's like 3.30 in the morning, and the next fight is Mike Tyson's. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. it is. But I think everyone's talking about your son at the moment. How nervous were you before that first bell? I wasn't nervous at all. I no? asked Nadine, talk to Nadine, talk to Torren. She was chilling. I was just yeah. chilled. You were gonna win. <laughs> I was Torren. Torren, what about yourself? Are you nervous? No, not really. I'm not really nervous. I have a little bit of butterflies, but I know Joby's gonna do the job and that. Um, impressed tonight? Yeah, of course. I'm always impressed with him. And yeah. And guess what? His favourite, biggest fan, oldest fan, who was 107, on the 28th of of, of November, 2020. She was 107. 107. She loves Joby to bits, always yeah. talks about his fights, loves Toronto, he always sings, and she'd be proud of him also. Definitely. Ready for a, a massive 2021 uh, for your son next year? Absolutely. And all you guys who's been scared to fight him, you've got to fight him now, haven't you? 
Mm. Looks like a, a fight with Alexander Usyk could be on the card. Oh, Usyk, <laughs> we're coming to get you. <laughs> I never forget that fight, you know, at the York Hall when Joby fought him. Joby was just a novice. He only just started boxing, and Usyk was, I think, double gold medalist. And you know, he did really well against Usyk, but I don't know if he'd do well so well this time. Yeah. Yeah. If to have another one. I will ask you about. Um... What? what Daniel said all them months ago. Um, how does that sit with you now? Well, when it happened, actually, when it was at the conference, I actually didn't hear what he was saying, so I said it again. It was only afterwards, when everyone was chatting, do you know what he had said? I said, no, what did he say? And when I heard, I thought, wow, that's really out of order, you know. But it was too late then, because if I had heard it on the night, I would have probably thrown, thrown my handbag at him or something. <laughs> probably would have missed him and got Frank in it. <laughs> no, but yeah, he, you know, I think hopefully he's learned his lesson now and he has to respect his elders now. And now he's got his eye all busted up. Now you know what it's like not to see. So, anyway, message to you, Dandelion Dubois. Dubois is now. You was flattened. No, you, you quit. You quit. I saw you quit. Well, actually, I didn't really. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch it back on the TV with my monopoly like this. Yeah, sorry, no. Anyway, get well soon, Daniel. Get well soon. You're a fantastic interview, you know that. <laughs> what? I said you're a fantastic interview. Alright. We need you on IFL more. Oh, yeah. you want me to take the camera and I film you instead? <laughs> no, I don't think that's a good idea. That's good. We need you in front of the camera. Yeah, I'll just leave her on to be talking. No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk to Tora and Nadine now because... It's, it was amazing. Nadine tell them, told and tell them what happened when we came Let's in. Let's move around the room a little bit. Get the British and European in there. Get them in. Get them in. Yeah. Well, I'll come in there, yeah? Who? No. Relax, Sam. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and no, I respect to him and my brother for taking the fight. And my brother really deserved it. He worked hard and, like... All the doubters didn't give him like credit for yeah. credit for what he's done and what he's achieved. And he only started boxing late, and look what he's achieved. And yeah, now I'm really proud of him, and like, yeah, I'm really proud of my brother. And, yeah, it was a it was a great fight, but really, Joe dominated with that jab tonight, and um, he won it with uh, with one hand really tonight. That fight. Yeah, yeah. See you later. Well, look, you did the African way now. Yeah, man, no, you just jabbed him up. Joe, enjoy Big 2021 for Joe. Yeah. Alexander Rusik rematch. Yeah, yeah, You're not meant to get on camera, you You love it, you love it. Yeah! Room service. Where are you going with the pizza? Oh, for fuck's sake. You're looking. I think Sam's the happiest man in the room. Yeah. No, he's going to be happy for months, don't worry. <laughs> Joe, I'll leave the uh, final word with you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, great night. Got the belts, some of the belts, and the future looks bright. It looks like there's a world title shot coming up next, and I just can't wait. Proud, Mrs. Yeah, so proud. Well, listen, fantastic uh, win for for you tonight. Wish you the best Christmas, the whole family. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you in the new year at uh, a very big fight, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Mr. Peter Fury. Yes, Coogan. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just let's jump straight into it. Um, were you surprised with Joe Joyce's win last night over Daniel Dubois? Um, no. No. I said it'd be a 50-50 fight. And leading, you know, early rounds and going into the fight, it was a 50-50 fight. But for, for me, uh, it was too early, too big of a test for um, Dubois. And the reason I say that, and I said in past interviews with this as well, he hasn't fought anybody. And what I mean by that's not a bad thing, because he's learning. Bear in mind, he is a young heavyweight. But like I said, it was a massive leap. And, you know, they've totally read the script what wrong with the... Uh, Joe Joyce because he looks ungainly, he looks slow, you know, they've all read the script wrong because I know Joe Joyce very well, you know, we sparred him with Yui from team rounds, he's tough as teak and that jab, you know, finds a home, he's very good with that jab, you know, and he's a, he's a puncher as well and the thing is, you know, Joe Joyce is on a world level, you know, look, he, look at opponents he's beat, Stavern. You know, he's gone the 10 rounds with uh, B.Y. Jennings. Jennings ain't no mug. Jennings on a world-level operator. You know, he's been hit back. He's been in hard fights. You know, so it was no problem. It was no problem for uh, Joe Joyce where Dubois hadn't been uh, tested at all like that. So it was all a brand new experience. So for me, it was definitely too soon, way too soon for him. He just read the script wrong with Joe Joyce. Peter, we know Joe Joyce has got a, a great jab. Did you think it would be as effective to basically win him the whole fight with that jab? Well, it was getting home, you know, and, uh, you know, the rounds, was, the rounds was close. And it was like, again, how you pick them. But for me, Joe was landing them jabs frequently. So I had, I had, I had Joe winning the fight, I've got to be honest, because that jab was just landing and landing and landing. You know, so he didn't need to do anything else. But it was quite clear and obvious to me looking at that fight that I think the round before, Joe started to open up, started to release the right hand. And I think he threw a hook to the body. And I, I think, uh, I think, um, I think Dubois realised that the artillery was going to come very quickly and it was on its way. So I think he just, um, he needed to get out of there, to be honest. But look, that's not to powder coat anything. He did quit in that fight. You know, that's, listen, because it was just too much for him. It's not a problem. He can come again. He's young. You know, but it was, uh, it, was, it was too much. Again, 
it's that inexperience. You know, when you're in the deep end, what do you do? So, like I said, uh, that's all you that's all you can say about it. But believe me, he uh, he's fighting a spiteful puncher. You know, super big heavyweight Joe Joyce can fight. You know, whoever says he can't, don't know boxing. So, like I said, it was a tall order. Yeah, but he don't he done well. You know, and he he'll only if he can take stock, he'll improve from that because he's young and he'll just come back from it. But there's no there's no shame in losing to Joe Joyce because Joe Joyce. One, he can hit. And secondly, I think uh, he was going to get stopped in any event. There's obviously a vast uh, age difference between the two of them. But like you said, Daniel Dubois is 21, 22 years old. Can learn from it, come again. Joe Joyce... Well, I, keep, I keep getting quoted because I said he was 21 because somebody said he was 21, but he's actually 23, isn't he? <laughs> I thought he was 22. So he's between 21 and 23. Let's just Exactly. Leave. He's Let's just say worst ways, he's 23. He's still a baby in the heavyweight division. He's still absolutely a baby. But this fight was more of a risk for Joe Joyce, given Joe's age going into this fight as well. It would have been obviously more difficult for Joe to have come back from it. It was a gamble that both fighters took. Fair play to both fighters for taking this fight as well. Um, it hasn't obviously paid off for Daniel Dubois, but it has for Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce now, is he ready say ready, you're talking about whatever opponents that he's been in with, like these uh, Jenningses and uh, Stavers, etc. But is he ready now for like a, a Alexander Usyk? Because it's a, it's a funny kind of gap now, isn't it, to where you put Joe Joyce after that win last night? I mean, Joe Joyce is ready. He doesn't need learning fights. He's, a, he's an established heavyweight and he is in his prime. Joe Joyce is not an old heavyweight. He's in his prime. This is where he needs to do it. Yeah, but, but he hasn't got much time. But he's at the pinnacle of his career. He's at his maximum strength. You know, this guy is ready to go. And when you look at it, just like that, you know, with uh, Dubai again, you know, there's a, there's a gulf of difference there on every level. You know, with age, maturity, level of opponents. And like I said, on paper... It was a shutout win for uh, jo uh, Joyce, but you can't write off somebody like Dubois' punching power. And he did get quite a few of them shots off. You know, it was just that Joe Joyce, with his experience again, and the maturity of him, was able to take them shots and ride them. And he, like I said, anybody can wallop a dummy. You know, we've all, they can all punch when you sit there. You know, but when you step up in levels, yeah, that power gets negated. You ain't going to get it off. And this is what we found here. When, the, when he couldn't get the power shots off, he just got demoralised more and more, got worn down, and he didn't know what to do. He had no plan B. The only, the only plan B he had was to get out of there. When, the, when, the, when it started getting hot in the kitchen, he had to get out. So this is, again, it's a sign of his age, his immaturity and everything, and everything else. But like I said, he'll come back and um, he'll do good from it. But like I said before, Dubois can afford the loss. Joe Joyce couldn't afford the loss. You know, so it's definitely crossroads for him. It was make or break, where Dubois brush himself off and he'd just come again. Peter, one of the judges had Dubois up. I know it was said it was eight rounds last night. It was actually five rounds, I believe, that one of the judges had Dubois up by. I mean, what did you make of that? Let me tell you something. A lot of these fucking judges, yeah? They know more about fucking boxing than making that fight. Let me tell you something, yeah? They, they got it fucking totally wrong. Joyce was winning that fight. Simple. Landing that jab all the time. 
So I don't know what fight he was watching there. He wasn't, he wasn't winning it by a streak, but he was ahead. He was ahead in that fight. Um, well, like I said, it was uh, it was a fight that we were all kind of intrigued by. Uh, a lot of people did say that if it went past the halfway stage, they would tend to favour Joe Joyce. But again, a lot of people did believe that Daniel Dubois would get Joe Joyce out of them, you know, before those six rounds. So, well, you know, as it was going on, you know, and in early rounds, I thought to myself, you know, he's starting to get he's starting to get in range, uh, Dubois, you know, and it was a big question mark: Can Joe Joyce withstand it? But not only did he withstand it, he was able to move and ride the shots as well, showing his experience, and that's what was a telling factor. So, at no stage. Was he able to hurt Joyce? And that's the reality of it. Yeah. But like I said, it's all about stepping up in that level and bridging the gap. And it was just a step too far, too too much experience, a step too far too early. But has it done him any harm? No. Now he knows what he's got to do. He'll be a lot better fighter after this going forward. Because like I said to you, there's no need to have padded records. He's done himself no harm. He's just run out of ideas. And rather than get seriously injured in there, he took an exit, which that's his prerogative. He'll come back and do better next time. I see uh, a few people kind of not writing Daniel Dubois off now, but kind of this is always the case when someone loses. It's almost that, oh, I told you, see, this, etc. But that isn't the case with Daniel Dubois. He's a, he's a young heavyweight who, like I said, let's say he's 23 years old. This, uh, this ain't like the end of the road for him. He, he, you know, he'll build... build oh, listen, it's, it's just the beginning. You know, he's going to get... Uh, he'll come on from it. You know, he'll learn from it. And, you know, he's got to he's got to realise, you know, these young fighters, they get all kinds in the mind. You know, they want to have this macho image. They want to do this. They want to do that. Because fighters, they've got to do whatever's necessary to get whatever they're going to get there. But, like I said, he's just got to uh, bite down on the bullet, come back... And you know another thing, fighting with your head totally still. You know, he's got a lot of learning to do, that kid, because look, you know, them jabs was getting home ridiculous. You know, there was no slipping and sliding the jab. So like I said, just by doing that in future will improve his game massively. Because we all know if somebody's ramming a jab in your face and they landed it round after round after round, it's, it's, it's on the road to disaster, isn't it? Sooner or later, you're going to have a problem. And that's what happened there. So just a simple slipping and sliding the shots, he'll be a different fighter. But I think with Dubois, all he had on his mind was trying to get them big shots off. So it's not because he's not been learned how to slip the jab. He was looking for the big shots all the time. And again, it's an experience where he should have just let his punches flow. But against that opposition, you know, how can you say... It's like swimming in the shallow end of a swimming pool and getting dropped over the dropped in the sea, isn't it? And a gale force eight. Yeah. You know, he's never been in. He's never been in a storm before. So when you're in a storm and you're not used to it, what what, what are you gonna do? Learning, Coogan. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, Peter, I'm, uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks or so. Obviously, your son Huey's. Uh, fighting on the 12th of December against uh, Marius Wack on the, on the Joshua card. So you'll uh, no doubt be back in the bubble. Yeah, we'll be back in the bubble and uh, 
sorry about this, Coogan. These messages keep coming through. Right. But like I said, um, that's going to be good. Uh, looking forward to it. And uh, But anything can happen in heavyweight boxing. That's what makes it so interesting. Indeed. Okay, Peter Fury, thank you very much for your time this Sunday morning. I'll uh, let you get on with the rest of your day. And uh, no doubt we'll catch up during that Joshua Pulev fight week. Yeah, but congratulations to both men. And... Uh, well done to Joe Joyce as well. You know, it was really, uh, it was a good, I thoroughly enjoyed it anyway. I was on the edge of my seat watching it. So it was a good fight. So it was uh, still nobody any harm. Everybody's a winner. Okay. Peter Fury, thank you very much. And uh, we'll definitely catch up soon. Speak to you soon, Coogan. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. This is Rob Tubber for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted, as always, to be joined by former world champion TV analyst, sometimes co-host of the Boxing Social podcast, Barry Jones. How are you, Barry? All right. Where's my, where's my Boxing Social podcast? I, was, I turned up the other week. You wouldn't let me in. So it was a, just the weirdest feeling. Like, between, between you and BT knocking me back, I don't know if my, if my ego can take it any longer. <laughs> we, got, we got a call from somebody who said a suspicious man hanging around outside the podcast studio. But... Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, can't argue, I can't argue with that. Barry Social will be back soon, up and running <laughs> after the lockdown. Uh, Barry, talk to me about the fights last night. Dubois versus Joyce promised a lot, delivered great fight. It was. I think it wasn't the, the, the bandstormer that maybe we could have had, and uh, but it was. I thought it was very intelligent from Joyce. I really do. You know, we sort of see him as rigid, which he is, easyish to hit, which he can be most of the almost most of the time, and you no. Know, so we so we, we we equate that with him not being a good boxer, but we forget, and we did forget, and and he showed that he he was tactically very very clever. That he took the space of Duar early. Dubois likes to be the one coming forward, putting you under pressure. Even if it is behind an educated jab from Dubois, the fact that he, that he, that he took the centre of the ring and tried to push Dubois back took away the jab of Dubois. Plus, Joyce was coming forward, but sitting on that back foot, which makes it a longer distance of hit. So you, you feel the pressure with the front foot, but you're out the distance with the jab. And, that, and so Dubois couldn't establish that, that left hand, which is so important for him to get a foothold in the fight. But when, when Dubois adapted after the first round. He got lower in the second and started to throw the jab up and was having an effect doing that because he was coming in nice and low and throwing it up and Joyce couldn't defend against it. Then he had more success, but he couldn't stick to that. And a lot of that is to do with Joyce. And also what Joyce did very well was when he threw the jab, he dipped his head to the right, which means that just meant that it was a longer distance to travel for that right hand of Daniel Dubois. And he had to come down with it over the top and come down. And it was just too far for him and he missed too often. And when he did land, except for a few really good right hands, by the way, that he caught Joyce with. Joyce looked like he was riding the shot, but I just think he was just out of distance for Dubois. But again, you know, like Joyce's chin is tremendous. People say he didn't take a lot of shots. He took enough right hands that would have had most, most if not all, heavyweights in, in trouble. And was it, too, was, it, sorry, was it too early for Dubois? 
I don't think he was to it. I think he, and he, did he get exposed? I don't think he got exposed. I think he got beat by a guy who was, who was a little bit more experienced, of course, and had the better game plan and just took away his strengths. That happened. So I think it was a, it was a good learning fight for him. He didn't take a, a hammering and he never. So he can come back. He's young enough to come back. It was more important for Joyce to get the win because of his age. Even though he's fresh, he's still his age was, was a worry where he rebuilds. But he got the win, well deserved. You know, I, I don't think there was any argument. He, he might have probably was going ahead to win on points, I would have thought. Though not by the official cards, as I, as I found out later. But on, on my card, I thought he was probably going to win on points. But unless, unless Dubai could really, really have a strong finish. You mentioned the opening to the fight. It was something that I found to be, to be quite key from watching it. Joe Joyce really getting, in, as you mentioned there, taking the distance away from Daniel Dubois and making him fight off the back foot from the first bell. How important was that for, for, Joe, for Joe's momentum leading into the following rounds of the fight? Yeah, yeah it, it was. But to be fair, though, you, you sort of say that and think that, but then Dubois took it off him in the second. Because mm. but but, Joyce is, is, his whole demeanour with Joe Joyce is so relaxed and cool and calm. But he, you, you can see that in the ring, even though he, had, he didn't have a great second round, got caught with some good shots. It didn't phase him. He went about his work again in the, in the third. He wasn't deterred by what happened in the second and still stuck to the game plan. So it's important when you've got a guy who's a big puncher. I wouldn't call Dubois a bully as such, but that, you know, that he, has to hit, he has to hit you with a big solid left hand to set it all up, make you scared to throw a shot, and then he can line you up with the long shots. And when you're moving forward with punches and you're used to doing that, your judgment of the distance is better and you can get more power because you're pushing off the back leg because you're a forward momentum movement. But when you have to do that as a counter-puncher, which he's not, or do it when you're moving back, it reduces the power, the distance, the timing, and, and the whole, your whole rhythm's off. So, yeah, I think it was important that he took the centre of the ring, Joe Joyce, and he did it quite easy, I have to be honest. It wasn't an easy fight for him at all because he still had to take shots. And I sort of put a tweet out yesterday saying, it's easy to say, you know, the chin of Dubois went in the fight. And it was much more than that. It was the way he went about his work, the things I just said just now. But... Without that chin, a lot, of the, a lot of those tactics don't work. That's the truth. You can't just say that. There's more than that. But he, he, but he boxes knowing he has a good chin. You, he doesn't dine out on it. He doesn't look to take punches. But he can have the confidence going forward, thinking, I might have to take a shot, but I think I can. And, and, and that's what you know, the, most people wouldn't be, would be really tentative to just, just go and steal the space of Dubai for, for worrying to take that right hand. You would have a little bit more... Tentativeness about your work, but he never went full of confidence that he could maybe absorb some of the shots early, and he did. What did you make to the end of the fight, Barry? Obviously, that's a big talking point for us. Quicker me and yeah. sort out the ten count. Always interested to get your opinion as an ex-fighter, of course. Yeah, I, he counted himself out. It's like to say quit's a horrible word because I don't think he's a quitter. And once you say the word quit, you're accusing him of having no ball, and I wouldn't say that's the case. But he did, he, he, he stayed on his knee when he didn't have to. And I know the eye could be bad, it could just be swollen, and I'm sure it's really painful. Like we've all had pain in the ring, I've had ribs hanging out, and other people have had worse things than myself. But if you can get up, you'd like to think, you don't know until you're in that situation, by the way. Like you will, we always revert back to ourselves as boxers, because then that's all we can empathize with with the other fighter. But I've never been down on the floor in my life until my last fight. So you don't know how you're going to react when you're hurt, when you're being put down. So you'd like to think that you do all the right things. You'd like to think that. You'd like to you'd have the courage to get up and fight on. 
happens. You like think you, you just give it your all and, and someone else could save you or you get knocked out. That's why you want it. And Dubai never did that. That'll haunt him for a while. There will be question marks over his, his that bully mentality, maybe, if you can put it on him and, and hurt him, then he won't want to know. But I'm not so sure that's the case. I think his eye was bad. He panicked. He didn't know what to do. The fact that he took the knee wasn't a bad thing. You know, you don't know where you, you don't know where you are. You're really hurt. You don't know where you are, and you can't see. Then take a knee to save yourself for later on in the fight. But he stayed there, and that was. And it might have been painful. We don't know, but. Yeah, there'd be question marks over that. And I can see why all the fighters on, on, on my timeline, the ex-fighters, most of them, not all of them, are saying he quit. I can understand that because he did count himself out. He, he, he had a chance to get up and he didn't. And, and that'll be a, a worry. That would be a worry if I was with him, if I didn't know him too well, if I was his manager rather than, or, his, no, or his promoter rather than his trainer who probably know him well. And also, it was his first hard fight. It was his first you know, test of adversity in the ring and, and, he, and he didn't come through it. But that doesn't mean he won't come through in the past. There doesn't mean he won't learn and grow from that. But that question mark will remain for a while. That's, and that's just how it works, I'm afraid. In this, in this business where everyone thinks they're macho and you knowing it's all a, a game of bravado at times, then that will stick with him until he proves otherwise. You mentioned Joe Joyce being kind of his first real significant step up. Did this just highlight the fact that you can't go from an Ebenezer Tete, Richard Latte, Kaituri Fujimoto to a Joe Joyce? Well, it would in any other weight. But I think heavyweight division is quite different. If, I think if you show, you have to show more attributes at different weights, as crazy as that sounds. But as a heavyweight, if you show you have that physical power and, and a good jab, which he did have, then you could you know, theoretically beat most people, to be honest, with that as a heavyweight. Because power is a massive factor in that division, more than, more than any other division. So they don't have to be as technically gifted as other weights because that power will shine through all that. But... It was a bigger, bigger step up, but I don't think it was a, a step out of the realms of possibility for him. You know, I, I fancy him to win. But I did say, obviously, as well, if I fancy him to win, but it was the unique situation where I would never do it normally that I've gone against, against the, what you know to what you expect. So uh, you sort of went on Dubai with his potential rather than what he's actually done. And, and that's what it was. But I think Joseph, Joseph is brilliant. So I don't think it was a... It was a step up for him, and, and it didn't work out. But I don't think it was a crazy step up. And also in this in this generation, where fighters are getting more title fights easier than ever, or playing the the organisational minor title game where you, that gives you a ranking maybe before you you deserve it, then no, it certainly no, it certainly wasn't in that respect. What next for Daniel Dubois? Obviously, uh, now the, the unbeaten record has gone. The bubble has burst somewhat. And, a, you know, a, a difficult end to the fight for any fighter to overcome mentally as well as physically with the eye. What next for him? A rebuild? Yeah, a rebuild. But no, I don't think it's a massive rebuild. I just think it, it is a He's young as well. That's the, that's the problem. We all, everyone's being rushed too young. And, and, and what does that do? You know, it keeps you in the game too long. If you, if you, you, know, you want to rebuild, you can't give him loads another five. It, like, no, easy fights because what's that going to do people are going to expect something off him now and, and expect him in a big fight to maybe bottle it that's what's going to happen so you don't want a war for him but you don't want someone who's just going to follow when they hit him back, in the, back years ago in the 80s and 90s he would just be a fed him another five or six you know, people he could just blast out looking great everyone would forget and with social media clips keep coming up to remind you what happened so you can't do that now it's a different, a different way you have to promote a fighter so I think a uh, 
a relatively easiest fight of someone maybe a, a name that we know, but not a world level, a domestic level, and realize that you know you're behind Joe Joyce for a while. But this, he wasn't massively behind. They had Joe Joyce a few a few rounds up, but he wasn't a fight that that Dubai couldn't have won. But it, I still felt like Joyce was the one who was going to win it by either by whether it was stoppage or or I didn't actually I didn't see Joyce stopping Dubai. It was only the art. I don't think he really hurt. Dubai. I don't think he was trying to really hurt him. He was just trying to make Dubai work hard, which he did. But he was picking up the points with that with that really not beautiful jab, but very effective jab. And that, and that's what it was, really. That jab just made Dubai reset all the time. Every time he just threw it. And it wasn't loads on it, but enough to stop him from walking forward. And, and I, yeah, I think it was tactically very clever from Joyce. But Dubai can be built. He just got a, that stigma is going to stay with him for a little while. And it's how he deals with that mentally. When you've got everyone, I used to have a friend as an amateur who was a, a supersonic schoolboy fighter, like knocking people out when he was 13. It was just fun, tremendous. And he said, Everyone can't be wrong. When everyone's telling me how good he was, he said, Everyone can't be wrong. Everyone's telling me I'm brilliant. I must be brilliant. He's not really up his own backside at, at, at that stage of his life. And that was probably, with the point, everyone telling you you're going to be a world champion, you're brilliant. And, and even though we got great people in his camp, just the public and everyone and people are pundits. We're all saying, oh, he was a potentially going to be a world champion. It still might be. But that's going to be hard now because that's not going to be said anymore. So it's mentally how oh, you deal with that. And, and you know, people blowing smoke up your backside and for, the, and for justifiable reasons. But no, that's gone. And there's question marks for the first time and there's criticism for the first time and there's all those, you know, and question marks over your, over your courage. And who you are inside, that's the worst. So that's, yeah. yeah. But it, it can make you or break you. It might give him a real point to prove and a little bit of chip on your shoulder that, that a lot of fighters need to, to propel him to, to greater heights. But listen, it's not about him, though. No. That's the, that's the worry. And that's the worry with, because he's young and the potential, we always, and nowadays, because we're all afraid to upset anybody, as I've mentioned before on podcasts, we're all trying to you know, sympathise with, with the promoter's guy and, 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 and the kid who lost because he's a nice kid. But it's Joe Joyce's moment. You know, be fair, he, you know, he's an Olympic sub medalist. He had a better, a better pedigree as a, as a professional, beat better people, and he was the underdog. And he, with everyone, pretty much. Not every, with everyone who didn't know him. There you go. People who knew him with loyalty or knew what we didn't see in the gym, and, and they fancied him, but most people didn't. And he, and he proved everyone wrong. And I, no, no, that's the known thing. He wasn't a good fighter. Didn't give him a chance, but you, know, you have to pick a side. Of course, that's, that's, that's most people's job. But... It's his moment. He boxed perfect, to be honest. I thought he was fantastic. He boxed it. It wasn't just like, oh, you can't hurt me and then I'm going to stop you. He made Dubai think and, and he made Dubai do things he didn't want to do and he, and he took away what Dubai was good at. He took away his jab and, and, and Dubai struggled most of the fight. Even some of the rounds he was winning, he, wasn't, he had to work hard. And, and yeah, I thought Joyce was fantastic and now he moves on. Where he goes, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really hard division but, and, he, and you'd fancy fighting him. If I was a top, if I was if I was Tyson Fury and Joshua, Uzik, Dillian White, any I would fancy I, you would fancy Joe Joyce because you think he's squared up and he walks forward and you can hit him and he can hit him and I'll hurt him. But he keeps proving people wrong, doesn't he? <laughs> to be fair, because he looks that way, but he wasn't as easy to hit last night and he wasn't just walking forward and he had more bounce to his step and he moved his head now and again and he sat on the back foot and he made you overreach. And he didn't try to knock you out and be a macho man. He tried to box behind the jab. So, you know, you don't win, as, as, as Richie Woodall said a few times, you don't win gold, silver medals in, in the Olympics for just being a brawler. 
Well, that was kind of where I was going to next. <laughs> we saw after the fight, Joe Joyce has been calling out Alexander Usyk. They've got unfinished business from the WSB. Is that the fight that you'd like to see for him next? Tony Yoka's called him out, who we saw in action against Christian, uh, Christian Hammer a couple of days ago. That wasn't uh, action. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, what do you like to see next for Joe Joyce? Um, you take the fight. If he gets a world title shot, take it. You, you, at his age. But anyway, no, just take it. And... But if you can't, that Yoko fight's a good fight. It's a great storyline. You know, that you know, he, he should have maybe won the Olympic gold medal and he never against Yoko. And also, it's a fight that he can win. I think Yoko is, 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 looks like a real talent, but he looks so physically weak. Unbelievable. Like, and, he does, and he got a nice jab and never wants to throw it because he lacks confidence in his physical strength. So I could see Joyce walking right through him. And that's a great storyline. But... If, if you're offered the music fight, which would probably be for the vacant title, you could see that happening. You would have to take that. And take that now while Usyk's still growing into the weight. Now, Usyk will fancy you know, boxing or boxing him, but I think Joyce will fancy over that longer distance. I know he's developed. That he can make Usyk work really hard. Like people going about that. I think I heard someone say last night maybe um, Chisora caused Usyk problems. I didn't really see how he caused him too many problems, to be honest. But the physical strength was ev- was evident. I think that the size was, was a bit more evident than, than I'd seen in any other Usyk fights, of course. But he still handled it quite comfortable. He just had to move more, which he can. Can he do that for 12 rounds with choice? Maybe, maybe not. But you take the fight. You know, I don't think... I want to say he deserves the whole title shot, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure just beating Daniel Dubois warrants that, to be fair, because it was a British-European level, and rightly so. Great. But it, it puts him in the conversation. That's the truth. You know, and, and so you, you want to get you want to get in the mix with, with Joshua and Fury that's where you want to be because that's life changing money and you go home and, and then you never have to fight as long ever again as so you get to 54 and then you can have an exhibition with some other old man but you know it's but you know that's so yeah that's the fight you want but the, the Yoka fight is a really interesting thing where I think he can really do a number and, and avenge a, a loss that maybe wasn't deserved okay well Barry um Always a pleasure catching up. If you're going to let you go, so I know you're desperate to go and rewatch Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones. I am. Um, I <laughs> Always a pleasure catching up with right. you. Very much speaking to Boxing Social. We'll get you back in the podcast soon. Boxing Social podcast. Yeah. Harry Jones Social podcast. Coming yeah, don't soon. forget it. Take care, Rob. Cheers, Cheers Barry. Bye. Thank bye you, bye bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
over 12 rounds, round by round, you get tired. And the thing with George, he's, he's consistent, isn't he? He just kept it on Dubois. Nothing, um, you know, just kept that jab going, just kept that jab going. He's quite slow and methodical, Joyce, but he's got good timing. You know, he timed it. He doesn't miss a lot. He's got a good jab. And, um, you know, he was obviously busting him up with that jab. And uh, and then, yeah, Dubois started to tire a bit. Obviously, the eye was closing up as well. Um, and you could see Joyce, he's got an engine on him, hasn't he? And he, he was just, he didn't really... His work didn't dip. If anything, he was he was getting better. And um yeah, I uh and listen, it was a good fight. I just you know, it was a look, it's one of those it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a difficult subject to talk about when you're talking about a fighter quitting because it's it's not a nice conversation because and it, it can be picked up wrong. Like there's no what I can't stand when I hear someone say, Oh, someone had no guts or he was a coward or stuff like that, because Anyone who has one amateur fight has got guts. Because it takes guts to get in there. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking one amateur fight at any level has got some level of courage because he's got in there. You know, loads of people haven't even got the guts to do that. But there are degrees after that. And I just think it doesn't bode well. It won't bode well for him now, Dubois, I don't think, in his future when he's in a tough fight again with an opponent and it's 50-50, it's getting hard in there. Because that other guy, he's going to think to himself, just stay in here. This guy's got the potential quitting him. You know, we got hard with him against uh, Joyce. You know, his eye injury. And he, and, he, and he quit. And someone said, oh, he didn't quit. No, he did quit. Whether you want to argue whether it was justified or not, that's another conversation. But it's a fact that he quit because he stepped away, took a knee, and sat the count out consciously. You know what I mean? So, you know, whatever your opinions are, well, look here at the injury and live to fight another day and who knows, maybe there was eye damage maybe, and maybe there was and he knew, he, only he's feeling the power and that's a, that's a conversation but the, but he did quit. So, I just, it's going to be hard for him, I think, you know, at a level now when he's going again. When he's going up levels again, it's going to be difficult for him because when he's in a, when he's in a 50-50 fight again and it's 50-50 in there and it's hard in there because in a fight like that, you know, you're either outpointing someone or, you know, you either have to put someone, you knock them out, or generally you break their will. You know what I mean? You can break their will a little bit or tired about, but he's someone's going to think he, he can be broken. You know, it, when it's getting hard in there, someone's going to stay. Someone that might have not, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think how to explain it. Um, I, I just think it's going to be difficult for him now. You know, it's, you know, because people will think he, he's got the quitting him. That's what, and I'm not talking it from a, a slating point of view or anything like that. I'm saying for other fighters will think that when they're boxing him and it's getting tough in there, they'll they might dig a bit deeper than they would have done because they'll think, nah, just stay with him. He'll you can outlast him. Uh, but like I said, like I said, when I, I sent a tweet out, I said, this is there's no nice way to say this. You know, there is no nice way to say it because he's he obviously he's got plenty of goods. He got in the ring and he, he's achieved that level, but he he did quit last night. You know, he did, he did, he took a knee and he set the count out. It's, um, I think that's, when you do that, it, maybe something inside, maybe something inside of him broke last night. You know, maybe the fighting spirit broke last night. That, oh, you know, injuries can heal and come back. But once that snaps inside of you, do you ever get that back? I don't know. Matt, with Daniel only being 23 years of age, 
do you think that it's obviously it could be something that may not happen again or that it might be looked into yeah, too much or maybe I'm trying to think of other examples. Um what was it? um Ortiz um Ortiz kind of did something similar earlier in his career. Um and he's you know he still went on to have a great career. I'm not saying so look it can be done. But, you know, it's just not a good sign. Um, don't get me wrong. I, no, I, you know, I, I, we're covering boxing every week, talking about it. Um, and I often say, I'd like to see the corner pull him out now. You're laughing at me. When I'm calling fights, you'll often hear me saying that. You know, and some people think I say that too much or too soon, but I like to see compassion in a corner. I, you know, I don't think, I think the last thing a brave fighter needs is a brave cornerman. You know, don't be brave with someone else's body. You know, these fighters, you need you need that call sometimes, a judgment call. And, it, and there's lots of things to take into account. But, mate, you know, if his corner knew he was struggling with that eye, um, with the pain of it, or he thought that something had gone in it or something, because I, I, I couldn't hear what they were saying between the corner, then they should have pulled him out and let him keep that, he didn't quit. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it keep because I mean, look at Joe Frazier against Muhammad Ali in the Thriller in Manila. You know, came close to death. That's why Eddie Futch didn't let him out for the last round. He probably, you know, ahead on the cards, but it was coming on strong. And, and he, you know, and Muhammad Ali was shattered too. You know what I mean? But and, and he had, a, and this was that towards the end of a long, hard career. And Eddie Futch just said, nah. He pulled him out because he's seen people die in the ring. So he's brutal in there. You know what I mean? But I, as the fighter, you you've got to you've just you've got to be kind of prepared for that. You know, there was I look back now really, and I think to myself, God, there were fights where, well, even the Jamie Moore fight, I, I reckon I don't I don't think I was mild. I don't think I was too far off dying that night. You know to the level that I pushed myself onto and and Jamie and you know loads of other fights look at you know, look at Joe Frazier in that fight there. You know, he he I think he fell out with Eddie Foot for a little bit after that fight. Eddie Foot probably saved his life. So I'm all for a compassionate corner. I'm all for for that. I'm all for the corner stopping the fight when the fight has already gone above and beyond and all of that. Live to you know the, the health is more important hundred percent but as a fighter, if you're got, if you want to, I mean, if you want to go to the top in this game, you, you've got to have that no quit mentality. You know what I mean? No matter what. So, but like I say, it's, it's the, there's the fighter and there's the corner. I'm all up for the corner being compassionate and stopping it. Hundred percent. I say it all the time in fights that I, I see that. Um, and no fight's the same, you know, it's always a judgment call. There's a lot of different variables and things that you're weighing up. Um, like I said, I'd have had absolutely no problem with the corner stopping that fight. Listen, I'd, pro I'd probably be praising them, saying, you know what? He was 23 years old. They rolled the dice in hindsight. Joyce was a bit too strong, maybe experienced. Injury, good stoppage. You know what I mean? I, I, would, I would say that if the corner had stopped him. So you want to say, oh, what's the difference? He's like... He's well, the difference is the spirit was broken of Dubois. He, you know, the pain got too much and 
he stepped aside and quit. This, but every fight, the pain's going to be horrendous. Do you know what I'm saying? Every fight, as he's going through the levels, every single fight, the pain is going to be horrendous. But we go through the pain. That's what makes us who we are as fighters. So, you know, if it, I just think that's a concern now for him moving forward to, to whether how far he will go. Like you say, Ortiz, um, stuff was said about him earlier in his career in a fight where he did something similar and he did go on and have a good career. So it's not impossible. It's not saying that well, I can't go on and still have a great career, but it is a concern now. It is a concern. Moving on to Joe Joyce, Matt, again, it's going to be a brilliant victory for him. They would have celebrated last night. Where does Joe go from here? Um, listen, he's there now, isn't he? That was that was, that was a vacant European title, British Commonwealth European title. He's, you know, he's a, he's a he boxed in an Olympic final. All those amateur fights he had, so you know, he's good to go. I think. Look, the the the, the reality is Joshua and Fury are going to box. I imagine twice next year, so it's going to be twelve months anyway before he gets his shot. So. I just think he needs he needs uh, he'll just have, have try and get some good good opponents now that are gonna give him good fights that are gonna give him that extra bit of experience uh, at the higher level. Um, but yeah, he's um, as Frank I think Frank Warren said it last night. He, he will get his shot now. You know, at some point he's gonna fight for the WBO world title as long as he doesn't lose. So I think for him now he just needs to stay busy. It, whether he boxes twice or three times next year, good fights that are gonna that he's gonna uh, learn something from each one, and then I'm guessing in 2022 he'll fight for the world title. After the fight, we saw Joe immediately call out Alexander Usyk, uh, previously meeting as amateurs, Matt, but in the professional ranks, how would you expect that one to play out? Listen, that's yeah. I didn't even think. I mean, the, the, also there's. I mean, obviously, I'm obviously thinking Joshua Fury and the and the belt staying together and it being for an undisputed championship. But I suppose it's possible that one of that uh, you know it becomes the WBO title becomes vacant and then Usyk and, and Joe Joyce would fight for the, the vacant title. That'd be a good fight. <laughs> Who'd win that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Chisora did well. Against Usyk, he put him under a lot of pressure, made him feel uncomfortable, very uncomfortable in there at times. Um, you know, Joe Joyce. That, yeah, man, that, I'm just thinking <laughs> that'd be a good fight. I, I don't, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be a good fight. Would you give Joe a better chance than what Derek had? Um, I mean, Derek was, you know, experienced and proven, and and, and been there with so many, but a lot more miles on the clock. Um, Joe Joyce, a lot, a lot fresher, um, a lot fresher, uh, which is you know, which was a big thing. Um, I don't know, I don't know. I thought she's already did well, you know, she's already did well in putting Usyk under the pressure he put him under and made him feel as uncomfortable as he did. Um, it's just with Usyk, he's that fast and he's that mobile, and he and that's how he fights. So he's expecting to do twelve rounds moving, and you know what I mean. It's not like all of a sudden. You know, so he's he's uh, he's got that kind of he's conditioned, he's, he's conditioned over years to fight twelve rounds like that. So, um, you know, Joyce a bit slow, but like I say, he's got great timing. So, it's a big fight. 
Matt, moving forwards, I know you didn't watch the uh, Mike Tyson versus Roger Jones Jr. fight last night, so we'll skip beyond that and on to next week when we see Billy Joe Saunders return to the ring against Martin Murray. Um, just as a preview, Matt, what are you expecting to see from that one? You know, I, I think where Murray is now in his career, where Billy Joe is, Billy Joe should be too too quick, I think, too, too, too mobile, too elusive, too sharp. But Billy Joe can be hot and cold. You know, you get the Billy Joe that box of you. You know, he, he's untouchable in that times when he's on, when he's in that kind of form. Um, but if he's not, he had the he had the um, he was super up for it. You know what I mean? He knew Lemieux was a massive puncher. There was a lot of trash talk. He was really up for the fight. Um, you know, when he boxed in Los Angeles a year ago. He pulled it out the bag in the end, but he he underperformed, and I know he went out late and the jet lag and everything, and and that definitely would have been a factor that contributed to him not performing so well. But it but then but then he found the punches when he had to, and that's a sign of a good fighter. So, but what I mean, he can be a bit hot and cold sometimes, Billy Joe. When he's hot, he's hot, and you know if he's at the top of his game, then he'll be. I think he'll be too young, fresh, sharp, mobile for Moray, too quick. Um, but if he's if he thinks Murray's past it and he doesn't he's not up for it and he doesn't give Murray the credit he deserves at this stage in his career, then and, and Murray boxes well, then you know it could be it could be a lot closer. Um, I think it depends on Billy Joe. I think it depends on Billy Joe on, and and on how how he approaches the fight, how, what his mental approach is, what he's um, you know what kind of how he's viewing Martin Murray. Will determine the level of the, the, the approach that he, he, he how sharp he is, etc. If Billy Joe was to overcome Martin next week, next Friday night, Matt, how important is it that he does it in a in an impressive fashion? Knowing that we're seeing so many kind of super middles and middleweights meeting now with fights coming up, and he's he's waiting for his own chance to get in there with locks of a Canelo. Yeah, it's important, you know. It's important, you know. He's been, he hasn't been out there. Well, no, everyone's been inactive, haven't they? COVID, but it's important that when your time comes, that you shine because you've got to throw your name in that mix. You want people talking about you. Um, he needs his name in the hat to get the, to get the winner of Canelo and uh, Callum Smith. I mean, if Callum Smith beats Canelo, I don't, I don't, you know, is a rematch clause probably, but you know. You know, yeah. Look, Billy Joe's a top super middleweight. There's one of the best in the world. So he wants his, he wants to be involved in those fights. So, it, you know, it's important that he wins and wins well. But you know, on, on the other side, if Martin Murray was to win, all you know, Martin Murray's fought for the world title, been involved in so many great fights. His name's in that mix, then. You know, so it's a good fight. You know, it's a it's a good fight. Listen, if this was a few years ago. It'd be a 50-50 fight. Now, obviously, Billy Joe's a big favourite, but he's but I think it's important for it's important for Billy Joe. It's important for Billy Joe that he uh that he doesn't overlook Martin Murray. Just moving on to the other uh, couple of fights on that card. Zach Parker versus Cesar Nunes. Um don't know if you know much about Nunes, but in Zach's case. He's, he's the mandatory challenges for Billy Joe's WBO title. So, again, is a pressure on him to look good uh, in his fight if he was to go and be successful? 
um, I think he just needs to win, doesn't he? You know, if, if, if he wins and he's mandatory, he's just got to he's just got to keep that mandatory position. Um, looking good is always nice, <laughs> but it's not it, it's not the crucial. If he's mandatory, then it's not as crucial. You know, if you if there's a few guys there and you want to get the shot and you're hoping you're going to get the call as a voluntary defence, then then it's, then it's important to look good. But um, you know, if he's, if he's mandatory anyway, then 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 shining and looking good isn't as important as just winning, you know, as long as he's just got to win. And then Tennyson versus O'Reilly in an IBF eliminator. Again, just what are you expecting from that one, Matt? Listen, Tennyson, he's a he's a banger. He's, you know, out of, out of all the fighters, pound for pound, I think he's one of the, the biggest punchers, certainly, you know, from Ireland and the UK. You know, he's, he's he, pound for pound. He's one of the big punchers. Um, he's aggressive as well. So uh, I, like, I really like watching James Tennyson fight. He's, uh, he's always exciting. Five things for your thoughts on that before I let you shoot off. We briefly just mentioned it earlier on Canelo Smith. Uh, I saw an interview Eddie did earlier. It might have been with IFL where he said that there isn't a rehydration clause. That's the case. How key could that be for Callum Smith on December 19th? You know what? I think, I think they both um, take a lot of water out the week of the fight that you know the 24 hours to the fight they're both they're both doing 10 pounds in water you know what i mean maybe more over the week as well cutting their carbs they they both you know take a lot of water out the, the week after the last 24 hours and then rehydrate so i don't think it's a massive advantage because i think they'll both be at it you know what I mean? <laughs> do you know what i mean i think Caleb smith will be doing it but so will uh, canelo so i think it's I don't think it, I don't think anyone's got an upper hand there in that. Right, Matt, we'll leave that there now. I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your day and you can go back to sleep now. I appreciate your time, mate. Um, I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. All right, cheers, Andy.